Welcome back to Share the Work. This is our final episode in this series, and I hope that it's been encouraging and nourishing and inspiring for you. Let's just recap, just so we have some context. On the first day of this mini series, we talked about how to create good work that will sell, but more importantly, how to create good work that comes from a place of authenticity and joy inside of you. On the second day, we talked about how to attract a collector base to that work or an audience or customers to that work and how to think about your work from the outside. So the first day was all about you, the creative process. The second day is about how that work is perceived by others. On the third day, we took it one step further and talked about how to create a brand around your work, how to have ideas and feelings that are associated with the things that you make. On the fourth day, we talked about the five ways that I would market my work if I were just starting out today and the five that I recommend most highly to you. In this final episode, we're gonna talk about how you can grow your dream career. It's going to be very practical, very actionable, but also I hope will reshape some of your mindsets around what it means to be a creative entrepreneur. We're going to examine some lies that we often have tucked inside of our hearts that are keeping us back and making our work small. And we're going to reframe those and talk about ways to move past them really practically. You ready? Let's dive in. Before we get into that, I would love to first invite you to Making Art Work. Making Art Work is a course that I teach to creative entrepreneurs and the doors opened yesterday. And I'm so humbled and honored to get to walk alongside so many creatives as they pursue their dreams, their passions, create profitable and meaningful work, profitable and meaningful creative studios. And if you would like to join us, the doors are open. Making Art Work opens once a year and this is your chance. It's a 12 week course for creative entrepreneurs. We talk about everything from understanding your goals and your aspirations to creating a marketing strategy that will help you to achieve those goals and aspirations to creating and refining your brand, your photography, your website, your shop listings, your social media presence. And then we take it into the next level, which is how to reach out to brands, how to collaborate, how to reach out to publications to get magazine features and blog features, how to just really grow a multifaceted, very dimensional creative career that will not only fill you with joy in the moment, but will also leave you with a life that you can look back on with gratitude and with a lot of excitement. This is a very special time to be alive, to be a creative entrepreneur. We have resources at our fingertips like never before, and this course is one of them. So join us inside of Making Art Work. I would love to see you in there. Okay, let's dive into talking about how you can grow your dream career inside of this lesson today. Now, when I began my creative career in 2010, I had a lot of ambition and a lot of big ideas, but not a lot of strategy. And I definitely wasn't creating an aspirational brand. I began my creative career by selling a painting a day, creating and selling a painting a day. And I had this brilliant idea slash not so brilliant to begin by selling these paintings for the dollar amount of the day. So on day one, I sold the painting for $1. On day four, for $4. On day 20, for 20, you get it, so on and so forth. Which meant that I had weeks, <laughs> weeks of selling artwork. And not only was I not making profit, but I was substantially losing money. Not the best way to grow a new business, right? I also was doing something subconsciously that I didn't know was happening. And I want to tell you about this now because I don't want you to do this. I was attracting the wrong kind of buyer. I was attracting a bargain hunting buyer, which for an aspirational brand, for someone that sells a luxury product like paintings in my case, 
That's not what I needed to do. I needed to attract buyers that were going to appreciate and value my work. And that has to begin with me. I wasn't valuing my own work enough to put the price on it that it needed to have, that it deserved to have. Think of it this way. The more you value the deep creative work that you offer, the more that your audience will value it as well. Now I learned a lot. I grew a lot. It was like going to an intensive camp for artists. <laughs> But if you can just learn that lesson here in this video, it will save you so much time where you struggle and where you pour your heart into your work and you reap no rewards. The way that I like to think about it today is I get to nourish my creative work. My creative work gets to nourish others, which then in turn nourishes me. It's this beautiful synergy that gets to happen within your creative work, your buyers, and then returning that to you with, um, all kinds of goodness, right? So as you begin to progress in your creative career, as you begin to grow a business around your work or up-level your current business around your work, keep that in mind. So as you begin to up-level your creative business and make your studio more and more beautiful and big and bold in the world, keep this in mind. The more that you value the creative work that you offer, the more your audience will value your work as well. Let that sink in. Let that change how you approach creativity. Let that change how you approach your business today. This is where making artwork comes in very, very handy because this is not something that we're taught. This is not something that is innate inside of most of us. We have to learn this and we have to surround ourselves with a community that affirms this truth, that your creative work is valuable and that not only can your creative work offer you an income and a living, but it should offer you an income and a living because what you're creating is needed in the world. What you're creating is valuable to others. It's nurturing and affirming to others. Now, the exciting thing is the path of creativity might look different for all of us. In fact, I think that it will look different for all of us because we're putting into the world unique, thoughtful, intentional things that come only from you. I can't create your creative work. You can't create my paintings and artwork. That is so unique and individualized, which also means that your creative career is going to progress in a unique and individualized way as well. So as we begin talking, let your imagination expand to, as to what these things can touch, what they can impact, what, can, what they can affect, because your creative work and your creative career will look very different from anyone else in the room with us. And that is so empowering. You might become a stationary designer or a web designer or a workshop host or a retreat host. You may offer linocut courses. You may offer uh, creative stamp carving. The options are endless because creativity is endless. So as you progress, know that you have the freedom and the ability to take the steps that feel most authentic to you to take the steps that nourish your creativity most. And wherever those steps take you, there is an audience for that work. There is a buyer for that work because humans are very diverse and we love to be unique and individual. So the more that you can tap into that yourself, the better. Okay, so let's talk about a few things that often hold creatives back as we begin to take those steps and begin to progress in our unique creative careers. One thing that I encourage you to do early in making artwork, module one inside of making artwork, is to begin listening to your aspirations. 
to begin honoring the dreams and goals that are living inside of you. And they might be whispers. I think often when we get quiet enough to listen to ourselves, we hear a whisper that needs to become something strong and powerful inside of us. So as you begin making our work, know that I'm going to affirm that unique um, intuition that's living inside of you, that thing that is, is just wanting to have a bit of life, a little bit of oxygen. I'm going to offer that to you inside of making art work. But let's start today with a few lies that creatives often believe that hold us back from progressing, from giving oxygen to that, that nervous, tender little flame that's inside of you. It needs to be big and bold in the world. It needs to be powerful. So the first lie is your worth as a human is directly tied to the success of your work. Let me say that again. Your worth as a human is directly tied to the success of your work. This is a lie that we often believe. We often let this one sneak in because it's vulnerable to create work. It's vulnerable to be an artist or a poet or a musician. And it's very vulnerable to put that work into the world, to let it be seen and judged and critiqued and affirmed or not affirmed by people around us. It's very vulnerable. And as you begin to go on that journey, it can be very easy to think this thing that I created came from the depths of who I am. So if no one likes it, they don't like me. <laughs> now, first and foremost, their opinion of you is not truth. That is just their opinion. Their opinion of your work is not truth. That is just their opinion. You are worthy and beautiful. Your creative work is an expression of your hands and your brain and your eyes and whatever needs to happen inside of your creative practice. It is just an expression of that moment in time. That's all. And even then it's just the outward action that you happen to have done in that moment in time. You as a human individual are worthy and good and beautiful and capable of creating so much goodness, so much beauty. If the work that you're doing and you're putting out into the world isn't getting the response that you want, I have a few tips for you. Any lack of success that you might be feeling in your creative work can be tied to one of three things. I'm gonna break these down for you slowly and we'll go through them together. In short, they can be tied to your creative work itself, the product, the offer itself, the audience, and the marketing. Those three things have to work seamlessly hand in hand. And if something isn't selling or isn't being received well or isn't resonating in the way that you would like with your audience or with your, your, the public, then you can tie it back to one of those three things. Is the issue with the offer? Is it with the people that you're talking to? Or is it with the marketing to those people? That kind of correlation between the three. If the issue is with the offer itself, maybe it's a product that you're offering or a service or a class, then think through the questions that we asked ourselves in episode number one. Is the work good? And oftentimes the work isn't the issue unless it's truly not a good offer or it's not being explained effectively to your, to your audience. But if the work is good, then you can check that one off and say, yes, that one's not the issue. Let's move on to number two, which is your audience. Is your audience the right audience to have this offer presented to them? If this is the issue, then all you have to do is think, okay, if, if my work is good, check, that one's done, right? Then where can I find the audience that's most going to resonate with this 
creative work. We talked about that in episode number two. Where is that audience located and how can you go to them? Remember, as I said in episode number two, they're not going to come to you. You have to go to them. Use your empathy, use your creativity and find out where they are and then be a source of light and hope wherever that happens to be. Okay, let's talk about the third issue, which is the most common one, just FYI. The most common issue is with the marketing. So again, the product itself, is it good? Yes. The audience, is it the right audience? That may very well, very well be the issue, but oftentimes the marketing is the main issue. So in that one, if you're finding that you have a lot of struggles in this area in particular, I highly recommend that you join Making Art Work. Making Art Work is really just a marketing course for artists. It expands, of course, far beyond what we think of as marketing into creating an entire brand around your creative work and letting that brand become bigger and bigger. But at the heart of all of that is how you speak about your work, how you share your work with your audience, with your growing audience. Um, and that's where we really shine inside of making art work. But if your issue is with the marketing, then let's think through, are you speaking to them in a way that they will understand and resonate with? So are you talking about your work in a way that will actually be heard and appreciated by your audience? Again, you're speaking to the right audience in this scenario, right? Is the messaging around that work effective? And by effective, I would mean Again, are they hearing it? Is it actually sinking in? Is it actually exciting them? That excitement part is really important. Are you elevating the work? This would be things like your photography, your social media presence, your email marketing, your website, how your work is presented and displayed, how your listings are, are um, set up. Does it feel like an elegant, elevated experience? If the answer is no, then it makes sense that your buyers aren't resonating with it and that they're not showing up to buy your work. If the answer is yes, then I bet you're gonna see more sales. Two very practical tips that I'll give you as little sneak peeks inside and making your work. Again, these are really quick, really practical things that you can do right now. Number one would be, are your calls to action clear? Um, if you have a button on your website, don't make it some confusing sentence. If you have something that you want people to do at the end of an Instagram post, make it clear. Make your calls to action as clear and direct as possible. And my second quick tip would be, are you talking about your work enough? Oftentimes we think that we're speaking about our work enough, that we're marketing it heavily enough, that they should have heard us by now, why are they not responding? But in reality, your audience needs to hear from you a lot. Um, my rule of thumb is if I've talked about it 10 times, they've begun to hear me one time. And that idea takes us directly into line number two, which is that the art world is too noisy and my work will not be seen, <laughs> which is kind of the flip side of I'm talking about it too much already. They're tired of hearing from me. No, 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 no. That's not true. And also the art world is not too noisy and your work absolutely has a space. It has a voice. There's absolutely room for your work to flourish. We are currently expanding how people, you know, our buyers and our collectors get to access creativity. And that is so empowering and so exciting to me as an artist. And I hope also to you with the evolution of the internet, with the evolution of our global connectiveness, we as creatives get to easily access our own creativity. We get to easily share that with our people. 
our audience, our buyers, our collectors, and they get to respond by coming directly to us. And as a creative living and working in this day and age, we are currently on the front end of expanding what it means to be a creative, what it means to be an artist. We are reshaping culture and the more artists that are thriving and active in the online and the offline spaces, the more our communities are going to become beautiful and meaningful and thoughtful and intentional. The more we can all feel like our true selves, the better. And if your creative work allows someone to feel more like their true self, then you are doing them a favor. You're doing them good. So reframe that a little bit. The art world is not too noisy. There is absolutely space for your work to thrive and you showing up and letting your work be big and bold in the world, letting it have that, that vision, that, that emphasis placed upon it is the way that that happens. Line number three is that there's not enough money in creativity. And this one is not an illogical lie because if you let vulnerability hold you back from marketing effectively, then of course there's not enough money in creativity because you're scared of sharing your work effectively, right? But let's reframe what it means to have enough as a creative. And then I want to empower you to know that you can achieve that. And this is not just my story, um, although mine is one of the success stories that I hope that you latch onto as being possible for you. But it is also the story of hundreds of Making It Work alumni. And their stories are what give me the power and the passion to say this so clearly. There is money in the creative work that you're doing. There is money in the arts. And this is a lie that I think we need to dispel. And it's one that we often allow to hold us back readily. We don't even try to push past it. We just assume that it's true and we just go on from there. The lie of the starving artist needs to go away, okay? As I said, we are living in an expansive time of creative work where people have access to creativity, we have access to our own creativity and we can then offer that to others. There's another side to that though, which is just as true and dispels this lie of lack readily. Not only is it expansive for us to be a creative entrepreneur these days and that we can easily access audiences that are global and that are affirming of creativity and valuing of creativity, but the need for creativity in the world has also expanded tremendously. Creatives, designers, artists, makers touch and affect nearly every product in your home, every book cover, every album cover. The internet is a wealth of creative needs. There is so much that we can do to impact our physical and digital worlds as creative entrepreneurs and as artists. So allow that to expand quite a bit for you. If you begin to just notice the things that creativity touches in your environment, in your online spaces and offline spaces, I think that myth is going to dissolve fairly quickly. When I began taking my career a bit more seriously after the Painting a Day project was over and after I kind of re-centered myself, had another baby, came back to life a little bit. I sat down and I realized that in order to stay in the studio, to keep working in the studio, I needed to make some money. I needed to make a, you know, a bit of a profit. And I decided to begin very modestly, very achievably. I was still very nervous to set this goal. I was still very nervous that I wouldn't reach this goal and I don't like not reaching goals. I'm sure you can relate. But the goal that I set was $400 a month. That was enough to pay for our groceries for the month and that's about it. <laughs> 
But that amount was enough to also incentivize me to show up for my creativity and to show up for myself. Once I began making 400, I quickly learned that this is a learned skill. Being able to produce, market, and sell your work is a learned skill. It is not magic. Please hear me on this. It is not magic and it is repeatable. And I will teach you exactly how to do this inside of making your work like an actual model that you can follow to sell your own creative work. But once I learned this skill, this repeatable skill, I figured, okay, if I can make 400, I think I can make 800. <laughs> and I was so nervous to expand that goal. Again, I don't like not meeting my goals. So I set the goal and I was like, okay, I'm just going to work for it. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Well, guess what? Of course it happened because this is a repeatable, learnable skill. And very quickly after that, I doubled that goal. And I'm like, all right, if I can make 800, I can make 1600 and then 3200. And then suddenly I am supporting my family with my creative work and that hasn't stopped. It's been years of that progress just continuing to happen. Now my studio has been consistently a six figure studio for years, years, just my studio, not the education side of my business at all. And I'm saying this not to let you think, Emily, that's great for you, but that's not going to work for me. I'm saying this because it can work for you. And if any of this is overwhelming you or making you feel incapable, please join me in making your work. I will simplify this. We'll break it down together and you will achieve your dreams. You will step into the career that you imagine for yourself. I have no doubt of that. As long as you're willing to take these steps and reach and honor the creativity living inside of you, then you will achieve your goals. I have no doubt. Lie number four is my audience is tired of seeing what I'm making. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just going to say a big fat no to that one up top. They are not tired of seeing what you're making because you're creating beauty. You're creating things that matter. You're creating things that are exciting to you, which means that it's also exciting to somebody else. And even if you think, as we talked about with marketing a moment ago, even if you think that you're talking about your work too frequently and too often, they are just beginning to see it. And think of it this way, they're following you for a reason. They're on your email list for a reason. They are watching your Instagram stories for a reason because you excite them, because what you're doing excites them. So keep doing. In fact, I would say double down and whatever you're doing, share it more often, share it more beautifully, share it more frequently. I promise you they're going to be thankful because you're creating beauty that needs to happen in this world, it needs to be shared in this world. Our fifth lie that we'll talk about today, and there are more, but we're going to stop with five, is this is not a dependable career. Now, the beautiful thing about having a creative career is it can flex and evolve right along with you. And that's so exciting that you get to evolve and shift and let your creativity take on different vibes and different feelings as your, as your career progresses. You are never stuck as a creative entrepreneur. You are never put into a box unless you put yourself into a box. You get to shift and evolve and let things become more beautiful and more clear and bigger and more beautiful inside of your business and inside of yourself. But I think the reason that we often believe this slide that this is not dependable is because we don't know that we can depend on ourselves. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm saying that to be honest with what it's like to be a creative entrepreneur, because this is a new way of doing business. This is a new way of running a creative career. 
There isn't a model for how this should look. We are reshaping what it looks like to be creative entrepreneurs. There are avenues that we can progress through that our, our parents and our grandparents and those that came before us never had the option to do at all. And that's deeply exciting, but it does come with a bit of, of nerves and unknowns. Now, I know that you can do this, and I think deep down you know that you can do this, but let's talk practically about how you can sustain this creative career. It's important to think about the different buckets that your creativity is going to fall into as it becomes a brand and it becomes a business. The first is you, the human, right? You are only creative when you are nourished, when your inspiration is able to find some light, some oxygen, when it's able to, when you're able to feel creative and you can feel that fire inside of you, which often happens when you're healthy, when you are full of energy, when you are full of uh, you've soaked yourself well in inspiration, right? So you're the most important part in this, in this whole thing because it all begins with you. It trickles through you. Next, we have your creative work, which we talked about in episode number one, but letting your creative work be beautiful and authentic and genuine and special and meaningful and enjoying it yourself. That's so important. And that could be paintings or workshops or products or, you know, all kinds of things that you create. When I talk about your creative work, it expands to anything that you make, anything at all. So as you're full of inspiration and as that inspiration goes through you into your creative work, now it sits in between you and a business, right? And you can stop right here. You don't have to create a business around your creative work in the slightest unless you want to. <laughs> if you want to though, then the third bucket that you have to think about is your creative business. And your business requires things like revenue and marketing and an audience and that flow of energy that we talked about before where you have the product, you have the audience and you have the marketing, right? Those are all happening in your business. So as your creative work touches your creative business, there's that energy that happens there. And as your creative business becomes more profitable and you know, more big and more meaningful to you and to your, to your buyers and your customers, then it gets to nourish you. It is a circle, which is awesome <laughs> that your creative work can give back to you in this way. But those three things I would definitely recommend that you sit with and take the pulse of because when they're working in harmony, when they are all happy and healthy, then you find substantial growth. That's why inside of making it work, we often talk about mindset. We talk about the things that are happening underneath the practical business things, underneath the Pinterest analytics and the shop setting, you know, settings and your shipping preferences and your um, reaching out to brands and to blogs. These kinds of things are your business, but underneath them, it's still you. And you are a tender, beautiful, creative soul. So as long as you are nourished and you're able to create good work, and then you're able to grow a business around that good work, then everything gets to thrive. Show up for yourself, but also show up for them. There's something powerful that happens when that begins to take shape inside of your business and inside of your life. Mm, so good. So again, the lies that we're dispelling are your worth as a human is directly tied to your creative work. Nope, that is a lie. We are dispelling that one. Lie number two is that the art world is too noisy and your work will not be seen. Lie number three is that my creative work could never fund my lifestyle anyways. 
Number four is my audience is tired of seeing what I'm making. And then finally, number five, this is not a dependable career. I hope throughout the entirety of this week, episodes one through five and the live workshops that you have had a major shift in what you think creativity can be in your life and in the lives of others and in your business if you decide to turn all this into a beautiful business. If you're ready to grow your creative business, making art work is absolutely the place for you. Doors open once a year, it is 12 weeks long, and by the end of these three short months, these 12 weeks, you will walk away a completely changed creative entrepreneur. You will walk away empowered, you will walk away with steps, proactive steps that you can take to grow your profitability, to grow the sustainability of your business. And you'll also walk away with a community of creative entrepreneurs that are championing and, and affirming the success of creatives. You do not have to walk this path alone. In fact, I would say that you shouldn't and maybe even can't walk this path alone. Creative entrepreneurship is already a lonely enough process. You do not need to try to progress and to grow a creative business in isolation. As you wrap up this beautiful and I hope nourishing mini course, I would be honored if you would help to share about Share the Work with your community. There's a stack of graphics that you can download and put in your Instagram stories or on Facebook or text them to a friend. All of the episodes that we've had thus far are available through March 10th, so they can go and binge watch all of them. You can rewatch all of them as well and just really soak yourself in the knowledge and the information that we've talked about inside of this mini course alone. If you're ready for more, making artwork is open and ready for you. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, bye for now.